0: Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this edition of Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Shane Demon. Father Travis Crotty. And it's great to be with you all uh, thanks for tuning in and joining us um father this is a very special edition that we're doing here tonight um we welcome a, a guest we have a, a guest joining us remotely via cell phone um and it's a great opportunity just to communicate and to dialogue and to have some open and uh, frank discussions about where we're at in the life of the church and how things are going in the life of evangelization and outreach to so many people Uh, on the phone tonight, we have in this recording, a woman named Katie from the state of Iowa. And, uh, Katie reached out to us via email through our outcastcatholic at gmail.com account. And she was just sharing, uh, some thoughts that she had in one of our recent episodes. Katie, welcome to Outcast Catholic. Thanks for tuning in and joining us tonight.
0: Thank you guys so much for having me.
1: Well, we're thrilled that you reached out, uh, you know, as as we were communicating via email, Katie had listened, if I'm not mistaken, Katie, correct me, but you had listened recently to one of our episodes called Pissed at My Priest, and it kinda of stirred up some memories in you. Is that correct?
0: Yes, that's correct. Well, with a provocative
2: right. title like that, that was the goal, I think. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, it was
1: kind of clickbaity. It got yeah. someone's attention out there. <laughs> well
2: and Katie, I'm that's glad right. you
1: reached out to us because
2: you know, Father Shane and I we wanted to start this podcast because we recognized that kind of threefold like feeling of that people can feel in the church but the big one is like feeling outcast from the church like you've wanted to step away or wanted to leave for a number of reasons and we have people in our lives but so often it's us trying to share our experiences together from our own experiences of our life our family our our, our friends our priestly ministry so i'm so glad that you reached out because now we get to actually share an experience you know with, with somebody, not just sharing our own kind of secondhand accounts of different people's stories, but getting to hear your own story. So it's wonderful to have you.
0: Yeah, I look forward to sharing my experience with you guys.
1: Well, that's great, Katie. Why don't we just jump into that? Uh, feel free to share maybe a little of the background of what your experience has been like in the Catholic Church, maybe some of the things that you shared with me in that initial email exchange that we had, uh, and any other thoughts that you would like to share just with your journey of your ongoing faith?
0: Sure. So I just want to start by saying I've been Catholic my whole life, um, raised in the church since I was young, baptized, and had all my sacraments. Um, Then after high school, I became pregnant with my um, oldest son, and um, he was baptized, um, and then had two children after that that were also baptized, and I decided to send them to Catholic school, um, and that was kind of a rough experience. Um, my oldest son actually got diagnosed with autism and um, the, um, private school, you know, just doesn't have those resources for him. So he was um, expelled from um, Catholic school. And I think that's kind of where things started going downhill for me, um, just because um, no, it, I felt like people weren't understanding of his diagnosis Um, and then when I had my fourth child, um, I had kind of shied away from the church a little bit after that experience with my son. And when I had my fourth child, I, um, asked the priest that I was at my church, if I could have him baptized and was pretty much told no, because I wasn't a practicing Catholic at that time, which is partially my fault because I fell away from the church, um, but I do feel like during those rough moments in my life, I didn't have that backing of um, the church to go to for guidance and was very turned off from the priest that was at that church at that time. And I guess it's unfortunate, but I have um, kind of stepped away from faith altogether for a while. Um, and now I've met a nice gentleman who goes to church regularly and has asked me to go to church with him and we have decided to go on our faith journey together that way. So um, I I don't know. I just feel like the Catholic Church is lacking in some aspects um, as far as coming into our generation in the late 30 generations um, and just getting on board with people that age and younger to Accommodate our, our needs, I guess, I would say.
1: Sure. So,
0: well, thank you yeah. for that
1: kind of courageous witness and, and statement of your own journey. Um, let me just begin by saying, you know, on behalf of Father Crotty, on behalf of, of the church in general, uh, I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry that you had felt so isolated and that in some of the some very difficult times in your own faith journey, but in the life of your family. Uh, you didn't really feel the spiritual and the community support of the Christian family to, to lift you up and to walk with you and journey with you. Uh, so, right. you know, just on behalf of Father Karate, I'm very sorry about that.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. Uh, can we just back things up just a little bit um, and and start first with you know, your your son's experience at the Catholic school. Um, mm-hmm. One of the one of the rich uh, benefits, maybe the rich um, blessings of our Catholic history throughout this nation has been an extremely robust uh, parochial Catholic school system, you know, throughout our whole nation. Uh, that, that's just been really present ever since European immigrants, you know, came in waves with with their Catholicism and they wanted to start out start up, you know, local Catholic schools. So we have this rich institution of Catholic schools, and unfortunately, not all of those uh, schools have been able to to really keep pace with the resources that are needed, especially when it comes to special needs. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, Katie, my heart breaks for you because I have worked with a number of different families, whether it's uh, an emotional limitation, maybe certain uh, mental health needs, maybe it's physical disabilities, you know, there's a number of families who have uh, children with special needs and they really want the, the full faith and embrace and experience within a Catholic school. And some of our Catholic schools just really lack the resources. Some of them are just barely keeping the doors open with their current budget situation, let alone be able to provide for some special uh, resources. Um, in, in your experience, was there any sort of a dialogue with the local uh, school officials wherever you live about what resources might be available or, or just what could not be accommodated?
0: Um, I would say, and there was some dialogue, um, just more geared towards, you know, public school has more funding and um, resources for that. Um, I would say, I mean, I, I don't know. I just felt like they, the principal at the school was very she needed to have her students in her form. And if anyone was outside that form, they just weren't welcome or outside of that parameter of what she thought a student should be.
1: Mm. Okay. Well, yeah, and I, I don't know exactly all the kind of state curriculum requirements that a principal might feel needs to be placed on a staff and on a student. Um, okay. But this is a—it's a nice clarion call. It, it's a nice wake-up call to say, uh, if we're really serious about Catholic education and really holistic Christian formation of our youth, how are we going to accommodate that and really be of service of most of our family members?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Father Shane, that was really helpful that you brought that up. And I think the biggest issue, it sounds, Katie, was the communication, right? And not to jump ahead to this experience with your with your child being not, not being able to be baptized and the response from this priest, but so often, uh, and it's so clear in your experience, that the lack of or the quality of communication is what gets so muddled, right? That, that sound, am, I, am I right in saying that, that it sounds like maybe the yeah. the difficulty of communication, yes, right? Yes,
0: yes, I would say lack of communication was a big, a big issue, yes. Hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to jump to something really helpful you said toward the end of your kind of testimony there, Katie, unless Father Shane, did you have anything else that you wanted to no, but right ahead. That, gosh, you said something so uh, appropriate to this podcast that I'm thinking about constantly. You said the church, you know, needs to learn how to accommodate, right? Like you said, late 30s, millennials, Gen Z, whatever it is. Like that's the experience that I've had really my whole life, uh, but especially as a young priest now, um, the experience of being a young priest in the midst of a lot of older uh, members of my presbyterate, members of the clergy in this in the area, and. And wanting to know, like, there's this tension, right? I think older priests can say, wait, we're not connecting with the young people. What are we doing wrong, right? And I can say, well, okay, I can point to a number of ways, but I'd love to hear from you, if you wouldn't mind, Katie. Like, what are some ways that you you feel kind of like, you you know, that the church wasn't or isn't accommodating to millennials or young parents especially in your situation because that kind of revolves around your children as you took that courageous step to send them to Catholic school took that even more courageous step that like while you weren't even feeling you know maybe like fully practicing the faith still wanted to come and come back right and to receive this new sacrament right. um yeah right. I would just love to hear what some of those maybe recommendations or like where you feel like you were lacking in that kind of accommodation for you and your family
0: yeah so I guess I just feel like um especially me having been a single mom you know and that raising young kids and trying to go to church and trying to do right and wanting to be strong in my faith as a single mom of having three young children having four children total but three young at the time it's very hard to concentrate on church when you're distracted by your children or wanting them to be quiet and i understand like the catholic faith has come a long way in that you know your children are there and they can make noises and things like that but take care at church would be an amazing thing. I know they're supposed to be with us in the pew and I know they're supposed to be in with the faith but as a single mom you don't get anything out of church when you're trying to hush your children mm-hmm. and I just think to have more youth centered stuff would be great. Mm-hmm. More youth rallies. I remember going to Carol as a kid and that was like the funnest thing ever was the Carol Youth Rally and just things like that to get the young kids involved. And I think they have that hunger, but they don't know what to do with it. Mm. And I feel like that's where I'm at right now too. I have that hunger, but I don't know how to gear it towards people my age. And especially young couples that are new or single moms or single dads even. I just feel like if they could reach out to that demographic more, that that would be a positive.
2: Yeah, that's so... That's so helpful to hear. And I think that's so true. I mean, that's my experience too is, and having done youth ministry through all my time in seminary, having been in a school and at a parish and doing youth ministry and now being vocation director at another school. Um, and Father Shane, for your experience working with high schoolers for a long time, youth ministry has been really present on our minds and on our hearts. And we've been able to see that done in different ways throughout different parts of the country in different ways in the Catholic church. And That's what's been helpful for me to realize that, okay, so the church is a lot bigger than my small, tiny little parish that I grew up at in rural Northwest Iowa. And there are places where they're really excelling, but overall, that's just so clear that we're kind of lacking in that. And I think what's so clear too is the church is trying to respond, but like you said yourself, and I'm trying to seek that out. You're like, I'm trying to figure out how to be connected in my, in my relationship with God and my own faith with my family and my peers right so this is like a consistent right. struggle across the board and you're just saying like hey but I want like I want these guys who are supposed to be my spiritual fathers to be like leading me in this right and just not having felt that that's where that kind of disconnection comes
0: right yep That that's what I feel like that disconnect just was there because I, I mean you don't know it's not maybe maybe it's there and it's not advertised enough I, I guess I don't know for sure but yeah,
1: it would just be nice to have more young adult geared things. Mm-hmm. I f- <laughs> I agree. <laughs> you know, Katie, uh, Father Travis and I uh, can really relate to what you were experiencing about that flame that was lit in your teenage years when you when you went to a Carol uh, Youth Rally. Um, a lot of those events are still happening. In fact, Father and I have taken really hundreds of, of different kids now to Steubenville conferences around the country. We've also accompanied young adults to Seek conferences. And as as wonderful as those events are with quality liturgies, great speakers, high energy events, I know that we in the church struggle to keep that flame of faith really protected when young adults, you know, teenagers come home from these really peak experiences, whether it's a youth conference, whether it's a silent retreat, whether it's a missionary experience to go do service uh, to the poor and to the needy, to keep that flame of faith alive and well-protected in Midwest parishes. In Midwest school systems, that's not an easy task. And we know in this podcast that we have a long ways to go in helping that. Uh, And and I had wished, you know, during your young adult years that there would have been more of a robust outreach to you in your late teens, early 20s, even now into your 30s, to say, you know, there is something for you and and we can accompany you in that regard. Uh, Those are things that we still are working on and we've got a long ways to go. And that doesn't necessarily have to be something that the clergy solves. You know there's a lot of bright minds and energetic people within the church all with the gifts of the holy spirit who can lay into that and say this is what i really need this is what would have been helpful uh if i had had these these tools uh to assist me and to help me build up my own sense of, of christian identity um can we can we just jump for a moment to kind of what your experience was with the priest when you uh approached him for those sacraments um, obviously, yeah. you admitted that maybe you weren't the, the, the strongest practicing Catholic in that moment. Um, and, and I'm sorry that he wasn't more welcoming to say, yes, we can help you, you know, get your child baptized. Yes, we can welcome you back in. And while we prepare for that, let me also help accompany you as a, as a Christian mother to deepen your own faith. I'm sorry that that door wasn't opened uh, more broadly for you and you felt like it was just kind of slammed in your face. Uh, what do you suppose would have been really helpful in your perspective, for the priest to say, or for maybe other parish staff members or fellow parishioners to say to you in that moment as you as you approach them seeking the sacraments for your children?
0: I would just even say, or, you know, think that someone would have said, you know, what's, what's pulled you away, or what's, yeah. what's made it so that you're not, you know, going to church as often as you want to, or um, just some questions asking instead of just an automatic, no, just some digging deeper to find out what really was deterring me from being at church, I guess.
2: Yeah. Katie, cause it sounds like you were eager. I mean, I I've realized this too in my, my short time as a priest in the parish, like, yeah. Is there some sort of like ideal that some, some, people in the church might have of, okay, this is the Christian life. You're supposed to live from baptism, right? You're supposed to go to church every Sunday, right? But we find ourselves in different ways where we're, we're, we're far from God and we're, and we're broken, but then he invites us back through his mercy and these beautiful moments of children and the hope of salvation through baptism. I've just noticed what a beautiful way to meet people in those moments at baptisms, at weddings, um, when people are present at funerals or those moments where they come back to mass on Sundays or they come back to, uh, to confession. Um, and those are those are beautiful moments of being welcomed back in. But you even pointed out like you were seeking something, right? You wanted something more. And I and you wish that you that would have been maybe provoked out of you a little bit more, like, hey, why? Well, you know, why had I stepped away? Yeah. That's right, helpful to hear. Right. Why do you think? I mean, maybe for yourself or for others, what do you think those reasons are for kind of those moments of stepping away from from kind of more active participation with the life of the faith?
0: Um I would say just maybe a little rebellion in the early teen years of, you know, having had to go to church every single weekend. And now looking back at it, I'm very grateful that that's how my family brought me up. But just that pinch of rebellion probably that said, well, I'm my own person and I live on my own now and I can make my own decisions. But now that I've been able to do that and think back on it, when you don't have the Lord in your life, you are missing something great. Um, And that's just, I have that hunger and that want again, and just looking to get that hunger fed.
2: Yeah. Uh, One of my friends often quotes a great educator, a priest, a great priest educator in the faith who said, there's nothing worse than answers to an unasked question. Right. And from my own experience growing up, yeah, going to mass every Sunday, but especially in those teen years where big questions are coming up, Kind of in your heart or in your mind about the culture and the world and even about the scriptures and the faith and these these traditions that have been passed down, but are they true and how do we know that they're true? And so often it seemed for me as a young man myself in high school that, gosh, it just didn't seem like there was the, the places where these questions were being answered. And even for myself, I would often go hang out with my friends at a Protestant youth group because they were actually addressing some of the like questions that i had or they were at least like addressing my generation right there was a an active youth group and there was praise and worship and there was different like moments of encounter and connection and there was community that was built there but then when i looked at my own experience of the faith i, I had that in my family that's for sure but i didn't feel like people were really like addressing the questions that were on my heart right or were addressing that kind of like rebellious spirit that was there is that was that kind of true for you as well
0: yeah yes i would definitely say that I hit it right on the head mm
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, you mentioned, Katie, too, like now kind of in this new experience of of stepping back into a journey of faith, having stepped away, you know, pretty far after that moment of kind of rejection of baptism from that priest. But you said kind of now stepping back into your uh, an experience of faith. So what does that look like for you now?
0: Um, so right now it looks like I'm going to Bible study twice a week, and I'm actually going to a Baptist church at this present moment um, just because I feel like that's where that um, need is being met. Um, not that I would never go back to Catholic church because I don't want anyone to ever think that I think badly of them. Just that since I wasn't having that need met, I looked other places and that's where I found what I need right now.
2: Yeah. what it, I love that you keep saying that because one of my favorite questions to ask uh, high school students just to try to like help them realize, wait, I do have a need on my heart and you've used that word so, so often as we've been chatting, but I often ask, yeah, what is, what do you need the most from God right now? You know, or what do you want the most from him? But, um, yeah. How do you think that this, this current church that you're attending is, is really meeting that? And maybe what could we as Catholics learn from that different experience of our Protestant brothers and sisters who are clearly meeting a need that's on your heart?
0: Um, I just feel like really the fellowship with the community, the church community that I go to is amazing. Um, I know just going into church, I'm going to be welcomed and everybody says hi. And um, I had gone one Wednesday and had some prayer requests for my daughter who wasn't doing too well medically. And um, we prayed for her at church that night. And then the next Sunday when I went to church, everybody was coming to ask me how our appointments went and how things were going. And it just, it's a very small community. I'm not going to say that it's, you know, a huge mega church type thing, um, but it it's a very small community. And I just feel like everyone really gets to know each other at that community. And I feel like going into the Catholic Church, you go in and you sit down and you say your prayers, and there's just not that fellowship that I feel is needed. And, sure. and I know that we have a time and a place for it, but.
1: Yeah, well, you're, you're speaking into a, a deep felt need of having community to have support. You know, obviously, when we go to Mass our primary focus is to give praise and worship and adoration to God, right? Uh, and Correct, and we, yeah. we, we do that with a sense of duty, but we do that with a sense of joy, knowing that we get so much more in ret- in return. But that whole momentum, you know, towards the worship of God also needs to be buttressed by the fact that we are a Christian people and we have to support one another and we have to journey with one another. And even the architecture of our buildings, uh, the way that, you know, people might slip inside doors kind of do their duty for an hour worshiping God and then run back out into their cars to get to brunch or just get to get to the golf course, that doesn't actually even facilitate a conversation where people can engage in, in in deeper companionship, deeper relationship. And it's not always easy when in people's busy schedules um, to step back into that life of the community and say, on the other six days of the week, I also want to be walking and accompanying my brothers and sisters and really spending quality time with them and knowing their crosses that they're carrying, but also delighting in their joys, uh, so what you're experiencing there with that uh, felt need of authentic community, that's definitely something that the church has to keep growing in.
2: Yeah, well, wonderful, Katie. Thank you so much for uh, coming on. First, for the courage to just reach out. Um, you know, we get a few people who reach out via email, but we'd love to we'd love to hear from our listeners, especially those who find themselves like in your position, Katie, who really do find themselves uh, in some experience of feeling outcast. From the church itself, um, so thank you so much for your witness, uh, your you know your testimony of of this struggle of the Christian life. You know, Saint Paul always talks about like the need for this continual conversion, and it's just really clear to see that the grace of God is at work in your life. Uh, it's at work in your family, and He's just like really trying to give you what you need, right? And for you to be attentive to that, and attentive enough to share that with us, um, and and to just speak into this experience of feeling outcast and this this desire to to help us help you, right? Like to help us help those um, who might feel like they're on the periphery. So yeah, Katie, thank you so much for um, your courage and coming on and and sharing
1: uh, your experience with us.
0: No problem. Thanks for having me.
1: Katie, it's great visiting with you. Know that the door is always wide open to you. We are happy to keep accompanying you and your family in any way and any way that you can keep uh, supporting us and feeding us as we seek to build up the body of Christ here on earth not only for your family, but for the good of communities everywhere. Uh, I hope we can continue the conversation and the spiritual support of you.
2: Well, folks, thanks for tuning in, and uh, let's keep praying for Katie and all those who feel like us from the church, and God bless you.
0: Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.